Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody, and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 496 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Hamshack, and this is our Weekender edition. This is the 101st edition of the Weekender, so we're glad you've tuned in to join us to talk a little bit about some random topic we're going to find about find out about here in a minute, and then hedonism. It could be all hedonism, could be some tech stuff, could be a little bit of everything. But hopefully we'll have a little bit of fun and a little bit of enjoyment and perhaps a little bit of education on the way. But before we get going, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, D5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so here we are. We're in the middle of our usual nighttime network issues, so we'll try and hope that the audio glitches keep to a minimum. (laughs) But uh, in the meantime, let's just go ahead and get on with the show and the way we do our weekenders now. And as we've done for quite a few of them, you know, since last year sometime, I believe, we choose or we let the random picker wheel out on the Internet choose a random topic for us. These are topics that I've come up with off the top of my head and several listener suggestions we've had over the years. I don't know how many we have left on the list. It looks like about 20. It says 17. We've got 17 left. So if you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to see on our random picker wheel, uh, let us know and we'll add them to the grouping here and maybe our, your topic will come up on the next weekender. But I'm going to go ahead and push the button. I've got everything on the wheel. I've done a randomize five times. So this is the official spin and here it goes. Well, I heard the audio. I don't know if everybody else did. Yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah I heard it. <laughs> Excellent. So the topic it chose is an amateur radio topic, and it's FT8, when or the end of amateur radio. <laughs> <laughs> Who put that topic in there? <laughs> I don't know. I had to, probably me. We had to come up with something. So <laughs> do, we, do we want to respin? We have discussed FT8 at, at length in the past, so I, I'm willing to choose a different one if we want to skip that one. I, I mean, I kind of think we've already decided that it's not the end of amateur radio. <laughs> so. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we even talked about it with regards to de-expeditions and everything else. Let's let's spin again. Why not? Why not? Let's All just right. go ahead. And- All right. I pulled that one out of the list, and we'll go ahead and spin again and see what we get. Yeah, if you really want our opinions on it, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know, and we'll, we'll be happy to recap that topic. So, Okay, this one might be a little more interesting. It's another amateur radio topic, but it's what's in your shack. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So let's do that one. Let's go ahead. Let me, let me remove this one from the list so we don't repeat it. <laughs> but, uh, 
I'll, while I'm updating the Etherpad, we'll let Bill tell us what's in his shack and, and try to keep it to the stuff that you actually use, not the 7,000 different things that are in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, like, everything is on my desk. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, not everything's plugged in. But, uh, yeah, so just from my... Uh, my eyes that I can see here on my desk. There is a, a Yezu FT450D that's plugged in and on 40 meters listening to the gloriousness that is FT8. <laughs> so that is actually functioning. It's plugged in via uh, an SCU 17. Uh, so that's a little, uh, little interface box to get the, uh, everything onto USB, uh, from the radio. Uh, into the, into the rig or into the shack computer. I also have a, an IC703, uh, plus sitting on top of it. And I was using that for, um, I, th- I think I actually used that for uh, the voice contest in, uh, the November sweepstakes. So that's the last time I used that. Uh, there's the other IC703 that's sitting under that shelf that's not plugged in. So we won't talk about that. Nor will we talk about the Elecraft KX1 that's sitting in front of it. <laughs> or, as I look down by my feet, the IC7100 still in the box, <laughs> which should replace everything up here. I don't know why I haven't gone to that yet. And let's see here. I got a couple of HT sitting on the desk here, too. My trusty old Bayafang with the, the big battery, the BAB, the big ass battery, right? And, uh, I have uh, a, an Alinko here as well, a DJMD5 uh, DMR handy talkie that I bought that uh, <clears throat> yeah, I've not really, I've used once or twice. I used it while I was in Ireland for a little bit. But what else is in the shack? Bunch of monitors and computers from 1902. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Astron power supply pretty much powers everything. Uh, because I only transmit one signal at a time, so I don't really have to worry about powering everything else. I have a secondary power supply, an old pyramid, uh, uh, 35 amp power supply down by my feet. Yeah. Uh, there's a nice bencher paddle key sitting on top of the desk as well. That's plugged in. Nothing else interesting, I guess. It's all, there's a signal link box that's not plugged in. <laughs> there's a, there's a ZX tuner or, or hold on, LDG tuner. Uh, that's plugged in to the FT450D because the internal tuner is not that great. Uh, so it's the LDZ100 plus or something like that, which will probably go onto the 7100, right? Cause the 7100 doesn't have a, a tuner, right? It does not, right? Okay. Yeah. So I'll probably just use that tuner right for the 7100 when I put that into place. Uh, both the 703s have tuners in them. So I don't really worry about those and they're, they're pretty pretty robust tuners in those those little rigs you know probably made more for you know since it's qrp operation they probably have a little bit more range and capability but uh yeah that's pretty much it that uh that's you know i mean i won't even talk about the antennas hanging up from the ceiling and stuff like that (laughs) 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 that's just just what i can see sitting in this pile of garbage that i call a ham shack (laughs) what do you got sitting on your shack desk i'm sure it's a lot cleaner than mine (laughs) Oh, I was going to ask Cheryl what's in her shack. She's got radios in there. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> like, I'm not paying attention. I don't listen to you guys. <laughs> well, no, that's exactly right. So I do sometimes pay attention to so, you. So, so do you know what the two radios are that you have in your, in your office there? Yeah, I have the FT3D. Yeah. And I have a Baofeng UV6R. 
Okay, there you go. That, that's easy, quick, and dirty. But you know, at least uh, you do have stuff in your shack. So if you want to, yeah. if you want to talk about your car, you actually have a Yezu FT. I don't even know what the model number is. Like twenty seven thirty R, something like that. Uh, fusion. Yeah, I've been in my car like four times since I fell. So <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what the radio is out there. Yeah, well, it's a Yezu FTM. So, um, 2730R, I think, is, I think that's the right numbers. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so so that's what you got. So what do I have? Let's see if I can remember part numbers and, and model numbers of things. Let's start over Start over on the left here with uh, the handhelds. There's a Baofeng UV6R, just like you have. I have my Titera MD380, uh, and then I have a Yezu FT3D as well. So moving on from that, we get into the HF stuff. I have the ICOM IC7100, and that is connected to the LDG IT100 antenna tuner. And then I have a Kenwood TS570D, and then that's hooked into an MFJ939 antenna tuner because it has a built-in antenna tuner but it's kind of wonky it doesn't it doesn't like to work on 40 meters but it works on everything else for whatever reason so <laughs> i don't know what i've screwed up about it but the mfj 939 takes care of the rest of that and then i have an ftm 100d a yezu for uh doing the uhf and vhf and let's see is that it Oh, I've got the the signal link box, of course. The IC7100 doesn't need a box because it has all of its rig control built in. And I've got all my MFJ antenna switches, which is a a crazy bit of routing that's like mounted to the side of my desk. And then, of course, there's all the computer gear that runs all the digital modes and stuff like that. But that's it for for, uh, rig gear, except for in the car where I have an FTM300D. And uh, actually sitting in the building next door is the DR1X repeater, which um, someday will be on the air. (laughs) It's kind of on the air now, but uh, I finally got the duplexer, finally got it tuned. Now I just have to plug everything in and get an antenna up on a pole, and that will be good to go, too. I sort of use it uh, here at the house for uh, for like a really overblown hotspot at the moment. (laughs) But, you know, you do what you can. So uh, I think that's all the gear. Well, I have stuff. I have uh, two power supplies. I have the one Kenwood power supply. I don't remember the model number. It's like a PS1 or something that powers the Kenwood radio. And then I have uh, some sort of thing that I got from a main training company on a deal for another power supply. Let me see if I can see what it is from the shelf here. Uh, It's a, I've got the box here. It's just a switching power supply. Let me open the box, see if it says what it is. It's a rumble through papers and stuff. It must be just some really cheesy uh, Chinese knockoff power supply. Uh, Tech Power P30SWI for 30 amp DC power supply. Well, there you go. That's that's what it is. Fancy. <laughs> I do have a couple of other power supplies that are that are on the shelf, and one that's in another another building that i it's like only like a 10 amp or something that i used to power my mobile rigs with but that's not in here and that actually is is it that's all i got so and i don't know how organized it is (laughs) (laughs) i don't know compared to you i feel like i have nothing at all 
<laughs> well, we don't talk about everything that's like still. Well, we do talk about one thing that's still in a box, but I have probably, yeah, I don't even know how many two meter rigs and there is a couple of dual banders stuffed away somewhere else that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I even have that stuff. I have nothing mounted in the car, so I'm not quite as mobile as you. I do once in a while pop in some stuff for, uh, you know, hamvention, but that's about it. Yeah, if you're going to be in the car for a while, then you hook something up, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have a commute, so it's not like I'm not like I need it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not going to work some rare DX, and I'm surely not going to get on a repeater, you know, for a drive. That's just you know, I much rather have the radio blasting where I'm listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I li- I like to have the radio in the car. I don't always listen to it, but it's nice to have it for sure. So. And, uh, you know, I've got the, the FTM 300 is good for, for doing the APRS and all of that. So everyone can, can look and see where I've been as I go back and forth to like, you know, McDonald's to get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I finally got working on this Alinko. So I think I'll, I'll have that tracker up and working on this little handy talkie. Maybe I'll hang it on the side of my car or something. <laughs> so actually, it can be heard from other places. But uh, yeah, I, I guess that's what I'll, I'll delegate this Alinko to is just doing APRS tracking. I probably should just get like a little, you know, like little miniature kit that doesn't need a full radio for it. Yeah, or you can go go back to the '90s and get one of those little glass mount antennas. And <laughs> oh, I had one of those at Larson's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had one. They worked. It worked fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't say it didn't work. I just said that's uh, a little outdated on the technology. So, yeah, yeah, I I did have one. That was that's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Larson, too. I think I had a dual bander, too. Did I have a dual bander back then? No, I don't think so. Maybe it was just two meters only. Yeah, because I didn't have a dual band radio back then either. All right. Well, I think that pretty much summarizes all the equipment we've got in our shacks, not counting the uh, other electronic gear and computers, which, you know, I, I'd be talking all night about that. You'd probably be going a while, too. <laughs> Mixers, so. microphones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 5,000 spare computers, servers, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, that was a quick and dirty topic, so... Way to get through it. Now we get to get the good stuff, all the, the food and the booze and all the things that make life worth living. And so we'll bring Cheryl in here to, you know, talk from hopefully come back from wherever she's at <laughs> to do a couple of recipes. So what do we got? Okay. So our first recipe is because, you know, our Super Bowl weekend is coming up soon and everybody has parties and brings snacky foods and stuff. So the recipe I picked this week was for slow cooker bourbon cocktail sausages. You need a pound of smoked sausage, a bottle of chili sauce, a third of a cup of bourbon, a quarter cup of brown sugar, and some grated onion. And you throw all that into a slow cooker and you have a nice yummy snack. We and have a pot for of weenies. my drink... You have a pot of weenies. Yeah, there you go. Are these like little Smokies kind of thing, or is this yeah, yeah, larger yeah. sausages? No, 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 Smokies. No, just regular. No, you. No, it's not. You can eat Smokies. Oh, but, but you're this doing... actually calls for like Polish sausage or okay, yeah, smoked sausage. Yeah, okay. a rope of it. Yeah, right. So, so, and for my drink, I picked the Gold Rush, which 
is two ounces of bourbon, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce of honey syrup, and a garnish of a lemon twist. And in order to make honey syrup, you mix equal parts of very hot water and honey together and stir it until the honey is dissolved. So and if you want it to be a little more honey-y, you can add a little more honey. So oh, and you I put see all this that together the... in shaker and you have yourself a gold rush. So. Yep, the thing went offline, so let me start up the audio because they've been listening to <laughs> nothing for the past few minutes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nobody said anything either, so obviously they're not really listening because somebody would have said, hey, where'd the audio go? <laughs> it's magically delicious. Yeah, exactly. Well, you guys missed the, the drink recipe and the food recipe, sadly, but of course you'd be able to pick it up when we release the show. So, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Whoop, there it is. All right, so hopefully it doesn't crash for the rest of the show, which actually there's not a whole lot left of the show, so that's hopefully it'll hang on for the next 10 minutes or so. <laughs> but anyway, uh, cool. So honey, lemon, and bourbon. Sounds like you can't really go wrong with that. No, although you weren't terribly thrilled with the revolver the other day, so. No, but I, you know, that one had specific mixing constraints like it was a four to one ratio plus a couple of dashes of bitters and i don't measure typically so uh, i could i could have uh 20 dashes of bitters no 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 i could have it wasn't the, bad it wasn't bad I, I, the ratio just might have been a little bit off you know sometimes that will happen yeah our revolver was four parts of bourbon to one part of coffee liqueur and a couple of dashes of orange bitters. So, well, it, it was okay. Again. It just wasn't great. Hold the coffee liqueur. <laughs> yeah, it, again, as I said, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. So, yeah. But this one sounds like it would be like a nice summery type, you know, gold rush. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's got to be better than the other one. I mean, I don't. My, I, I've tried a few other things that mix with coffee liqueur that sound like they'd be awful, but they're actually pretty good. This one, not so much. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had like a, uh, I don't know, they called it espresso teeny or something like that <laughs> at the end of, at the end of an event the other night, and you know, it was just okay. <laughs> it definitely didn't follow the uh, the old fashions from earlier in the night very well, but you know, right? Yeah, I was like, okay, this is fine. If I just wanted to continue to drink, <laughs> right? I really wanted another old fashioned, <laughs> but whatever. I You're like, I'll leave with my little after dinner drink here and be mad, and you know, <laughs> yeah. I had a free drink coupon to use, so you know, I was kind of like it was the thing to do. Yep, fair enough. All right, so. It it turns out that uh, what I'm reviewing tonight for my my drink corner is the Bib and Tucker Small Batch Bourbon. This is the six year variety of it, and I could have sworn that I had reviewed this in the past, but we went through everything on the list and it didn't show up. And the reason I thought I'd reviewed it is because I hated it, thought it was terrible. So <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, we'll go ahead and take a look at it again. So the description is, uh, I, I cobbled this together from a couple of different sources. Uh, like the turn of the century that inspired it, boldness and refinement come together to create a bourbon that's meant to be raised in celebration. Aged for a minimum of six years in new American white oak barrels to produce unparalleled smoothness. This is a sourced whiskey, but bottled and branded in-house and produced by the Deutsch family, wine and spirits. 
the same company that produces Yellowtail Wine and Redemption and Masterson's Whiskies. Founded in 1981 by Bill Deutsch, the company was originally formed to import a handful of French wines for sale in the United States. Since then, the company has grown to represent numerous wine brands and has expanded into spirits, creating in-house developed brands using source spirits from other distilleries. So, with that in mind... <laughs> Uh, I read one source that believes that this comes from Dickel, the Dickel Distillery. Um, it's listed as a bourbon, but apparently it is technically a Tennessee whiskey. It goes through the Lincoln County process, so it is charcoal filtered, and apparently they actively discourage it being called a Tennessee whiskey. They want it to be called a bourbon, even though it comes from Tennessee. So I don't know what that means. It, it all sounds a bit shady to me, and I don't like it anyway. So, <laughs> um so a couple of uh, deets on this. The mash bill is at least 51% corn because it's a bourbon. Otherwise, the mash bill is undisclosed. This particular iteration is bottled at 46% or 92 proof. It does come from Tennessee, from the Deutsch Family Distillery Company. And um, I will say that it's better than the first time I tried it, but not by much. <laughs> I remember thinking when I first cracked the bottle that it tasted like charcoal and ass. So apparently it's better than that now. Am I am I off there? No, you're here. Oh, okay. All right. It's it's, it's like too quiet. Huh? I know. It's strangely <laughs> quiet. So. I don't have any. Uh, yeah, I turned off the noise from the background, so you can't hear me now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, now I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so. <laughs> it's so lonely. One is the loneliest. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't devolved into doing karaoke yet. So. All right. That's so the I, next episode. Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah, uh, Weekender 102, all karaoke, all the time. <laughs> uh, I call Rump Shaker. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm mixing a few of these notes from from my own noting and from other people's notes because I'm, I'm not getting some of the stuff that's in here. I suppose it could be, but uh, we'll just group them all together. So on the nose, we have caramel. And I put in acetone because to me, this is very spirit forward and uh, not in a good way. Vanilla, sweet, dry hay, sandalwood, and mace. Um, on the taste, these, these are generally my notes. Uh, nuts. A lot of people said pecans, but I can't pick out pecan in this. Just a sort of general nuttiness. Vanilla, pepper, banana, sour apple, and a general sweetness, and I'll, I'll give it a general sweetness. I, I can't identify as a specific thing. And then on the finish is where everything sort of goes bad for this. It turns into a vanilla-laced burnt caramel with a black pepper overtone, and all of that in the worst way imaginable. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, none of this really mixes well. Um, I, I was kind of hoping that when I, I revisited this, because I have not had this it's been sitting on the shelf probably for five years. Um, the, when I came back to it, I, I would think that um, I just screwed up and it's really, really good. And no, no, <laughs> it's still bad. Uh, it's just not as bad as I recall it. So let me take one more sip here. Not quite as nasty as that coral yeah. stuff that you <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> no, this this stuff is like a drip of golden honey and, and, and heaven <laughs> compared to that stuff. But. <laughs> And uh, this this has actually gotten better to the point where um, it's it's it even is getting a rating of eighty. So oh, fancy. So yeah. It's not so completely it's toilet bowl cleaner in the toilets. So. It, it is not toilet water like a, like I remember it for sure. It's still 
at $50 a bottle, I can think of tons and tons and tons of things I'd rather have for $50 or less over this. Um, and maybe this fits someone's flavor profile, you know, way better than mine, but it's just, just not something I can do. So, uh, I can't recommend the Bibb and Tucker six year small batch bourbon, but if you have $50 just burning a hole in your pocket and there's nothing else you want to buy, then go ahead and try this. But <laughs> that, that's all I can say for it. So anyway, let's move on and, uh, let Bill talk about, uh, some, some goats. Yes, they're dancing goats, our favorite kind of goats. These aren't the Minecraft goats that drop horns, but these are, uh, this is the dancing goat distillery limousine rye. (laughs) And, uh, I'll just read the, the, the fluff part here from the website. Many sourced ryes share the same mash bill as limousine rye, but that's where the similarities, similarities cease. We recycle used bourbon barrels to age this whiskey because it allows nuanced flavors to subtly Stand out instead of being overwhelmed by tannin. Our primary barrel finishing process uses a limousine oak, Solera, to impart exceptionally high levels of vanillin, vanillin, whatever the hell that is, to our brand. Uh, Then we use an extended secondary barrel finish to build a depth in our bouquet. Uh, Notes of nutmeg, clove, cream, caramel, cola, and citrus intensify during a slow-proof process. We don't make it because it's easy. We do it because you deserve it. Wow, how fancy. So, uh, yeah, this by is the a way, yeah, the Vanillin is the chemical compound that makes vanilla taste like vanilla. Oh, okay. That just sounded like a fake word. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of that one before. <clears throat> so, hey, I learned something new. Uh, anyway, this is, uh, of course, a, uh, yeah, it's a whiskey. It's a rye whiskey. It's from Wisconsin of all places. So, uh, not very exciting place. I, uh, I just happened to catch a bottle. Um, I just, I don't know. I just didn't see it before at the liquor store and I saw it, uh, I would say the other day, but it's actually been a, a few months. I don't actually still have it. Uh, but I, I did finish it. So. <laughs> It w- it wasn't bad. I mean, for it was like yeah, I I think it was on sale, so it was like less than forty dollars. But it was like generally somewhere in the forty dollar range. Um, it uh yeah, it uh it wasn't for me. It wasn't like didn't quite have enough flavor. I, that's kind of what was missing with me. It just tasted a little um thin, a little thin. I think my bottle was it's because it's somewhere it's packaged you know a somewhere in the 46%. I think mine was like closer to like 48 or 49%. So it was a little higher, but you know, the color is, is lighter, you know, um, it says it's aged like six years, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's missing some of the, the caramelliness and the caramelly color that, uh, I'm used to seeing in something that would be aged for six years. So I'm not sure what they're doing specifically with these finishes. If they, if it's, removing some of that well they're using used barrels so they're not getting that initial char and everything else right so they're kind of already already kind of like in the families of an irish whiskey or something like that that's always going to be light colored because it doesn't have those original tannins in place to really build that color and that uh yeah that profile so yeah i i I don't know it was it was okay i again i don't want to say it over and over again but yes no rossville union that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um but you know i i i yeah i 
Uh, would I buy it again? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Nah, probably not. It's, it wasn't bad. It was, it was good. It was good. I drank the whole bottle, so it was fine. Um, it just wasn't great. So there you go. You've been buying a lot of rye, so you're going to become like our resident rye expert. Yeah, I'm kind of going through them. I just kind of look for them and I'm like, ah, I just, you know, I don't want to be so disappointed. And then it's like, yeah, I get disappointed, but I will tell you, I had that 60, 60%, the 120 proof. Uh, Rossville Union, which I still have some in, in the, in the cabinet upstairs. And that one is harsh. Like, it's like, I have to put like an ice cube in it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's very harsh. Like, and I've had the 50 set. I have, I've had that one, you know, the, the, whatever the barrel proof, but like it was at 57 or 56. Um, when it was fine and, and delicious and beautiful, but the 60 is like, well, I don't know something about it. It's just, maybe it's just the batch or something like that. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> it's like, uh, if I, if I was grading that as my only Rossville union, it would probably not score as quite as high. Oh, that's interesting. It's probably not that uncommon either for different bottlings of different proofs to be really different too. Uh, the, the final product of a whiskey can be really finicky. Everything, every little knob you can tweak can make something either really good or really bad. So, you know, a couple extra, you know, percent of alcohol may be just the thing that ruins it. So yeah, it's quite possible, quite possible. But yeah, uh, my friend uh, who bought me the bottle bought one for himself, but he got like a 56 and he says it's delicious. So, um, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I just, yeah, I've never seen a 60 before and I'm like, wow, this thing is, yeah, yeah. I was, I was expecting a lot more, but yeah, anyway. (laughs) Well, sometimes it it is what it is. So, all right, very good. Well, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here, but we're going to wrap up the show with a quick announcement about our, our online stores. We have a shop.lhspodcast.info where you can get, you know, things that help out the show, like uh, glassware, drinkware, things like that. And then we have our, our show, our store for like, outerwear and clothing and things like that and that's uh at lhspodcast.selfie.store that's l-s-s-e-s-l-l-f-y or selfie or or i don't know how you pronounce it but uh there's uh also short short code links lhs.fyi slash shop and shop two for those if you want to help out the show by buying some merchandise we've had a couple of folks buy them and uh, the quality is pretty good so uh please do that if you want to help out a little bit and of course we'll be having a gofundme for our hamvention trip coming up here really shortly so look out for that and we'll announce it all over social media and everywhere else and it'll be on the webpage too so uh it'll be everywhere so please help out if you can if not just go ahead and and share let people know about the show uh, word of mouth is how we advertise. No sponsors here, uh, except for our listeners. You know, we don't we don't take uh, commercial sponsors or anything like that. We just uh, try and do it on our own, and so you don't have to listen to us rave about certain uh, vendors every time you turn the show on. So, uh, with that, let's go ahead and get to our new subscribers, supporters, and live participants, and we'll bring Cheryl in here to to run down through that list. Okay, well, for this time, we don't have any subscribers or Patreons, but Ken Yates and Mark Sheck joined us on Facebook. Carlander Anders joined us on Twitter. Uh, no one on YouTube, no mailing list, no merchandise sales, no Discord. But in the live chat, we have Ted, W-A-0-E-I-R, K6GTE, and Steve, KJ5T. 
All right. Very good. Short list, but this was kind of short notice and we're still kind of messing with recording times and stuff because of the <laughs> network issues we've been having. So hopefully we'll be able to get that sorted out sooner than later because it's uh, really aggravating. And of course it happens right when we record. So yeah, really. Yeah, I did want to, I did want to say that I did uh, push all the missing episodes out to YouTube today. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of caught back up. Uh, I think we're up to, well, I guess the one we still have in the can that hasn't been published. Uh, that's the only one I'm not up to. So I think I went to 494. Is that what we're, yes. we have published so far? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, should be, so YouTube should be caught up. Sorry about that. If you actually listen to us via YouTube, but, uh, yeah, it's all there now. All right. Very good. And 495 will be coming out very soon. Uh, just been busy and 496 will. Uh, which is this episode, of course, uh, will be coming up after that. And Ted says Monday next week. Did we have something going on? No, I think I think we're good for Sunday, actually, next week. Well, Super Bowl Sunday? Isn't that Super Bowl Sunday next week? <laughs> it, it is Super Bowl Sunday next week. So, but isn't the Super Bowl early enough? I oh, probably is. Probably is for me. Yeah. It's so up I, to you. I don't know. No, the Super Bowl starts at like 6 p.m. 6.30 is kickoff Eastern time. So it'd be 7, 5.30 here. 5.30 there. Yeah. 4.30 yeah. there. All right. Well, yeah, so, we'll go ahead and shoot for Monday then, uh, so we can, because Ted says avoid the Super Bowl. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't do it on Monday. You're going to be in Arkansas. Arkansas? What the hell? I'm going to be in Arkansas. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm going to. Is that this? Is that no? Is that this week or next week? Next week. No, it's the Monday after the Super Bowl. So. Oh. Is so it? we might be doing it. Maybe we'll be doing it early on Sunday. Yeah, we'll see. We're not going to be yeah. home. <laughs> We Just, can figure it out later. We're not. I, I thought, thought we, we were. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're coming okay. up Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll just let everybody God, know on social media. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, we'll let everybody know when the next recording is. Uh, it'll be sometime near, but not during the Super Bowl. So. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get on out of here. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been episode number 496 of Linux in the Ham Shack, our weekender. Really appreciate you being here and uh, have a great week and we'll catch you for the next one. And until that time, have a good one. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MO. And I'm Bill NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Music